This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of All Things Considered CX. I'm your host, Bob Asman, the founder of Innovative CX Solutions, a past chairperson of the CXPA, and a practitioner with many years of transforming global operations and designing better customer experiences. Together with our guests and listeners, we seek to discuss, challenge, and create new understanding about how to inspire better experiences in response to ever-changing customer expectations. Hi, this is Bob Asman, and welcome to another episode of All Things Considered CX. I'm glad you tuned in to today's podcast, which is destined to become an exciting discussion with my guest today, Chris Rios. Chris, would you introduce yourself to our listening audience? Sure. Thanks, Bob. I really, really appreciate the opportunity to have this conversation with you. Um, I am the one of three founding members of Blue Rock Search. Uh, we are an executive search firm dedicated to three specific areas, human resources, franchise leadership, and customer experience. Um, the customer experience uh, platform is something very, very near and dear to my heart. I, I've always had a desire and passion to deliver an exceptional, an exceptional and engaging client and candidate experience which led me down this pathway of my focus of attention and having a desk in that area. But I do come to the table with 15 plus years of hospitality experience. I was an executive chef in New York City and as well as in Florida. Um, and then as I change careers, um, I have over 10 years of executive recruiting experience in HR and now CX. Um, I also have five plus years of small business ownership. Um, as I mentioned, Blue Rock Search, um, and then the last three and a half, very, very focused specifically in the area of customer experience, where I do, I did all of the piloting, the strategy, if you will, the refinement and the implementation of a concierge experience uh, ecosystem and put that together. And of course, as I said, I lead the CX practice. Um, I currently live in Florida. It's a beautiful area, although today's pretty cold, but that's okay. Um, and I'm very, very grateful that in that warm environment, I can talk to CX leaders from Fortune 500 companies. And so I come alongside them to help them um, either with their organizational plan or figuring out their talent plan and how to get really great candidates into their, into their organization to help enhance the customer experience platform. And that's really me in a nutshell, so. That's great, Chris. And I love the description of your background because uh, it's so evident that we can move among industries and professions uh, and, and use those to our advantage in the next phases of our career. So that's what I really admire uh, about your background. Um, so, so thanks for that introduction, Chris. Let's kind of get right into it. Sure. Um, you know, you probably know more than anybody that CX professionals, many of them were adversely impacted by the pandemic very early on. To some unfortunate extent, many companies looked at CX as something that could be uh, reduced from an expense standpoint and many CX professionals were uh, furloughed and uh, it was unfortunate in our industry, but yet there were other companies that were saying, this is the time we should invest in customer experience. 
So uh, with your background in search and your knowledge of the customer experience profession, can you give us some sense of where you think we're at right now as we enter 2021 from a job market standpoint and, and what you're seeing among the CX professional community? Yeah, sure, Bob. Um, you know, as you know, um, the pandemic has really changed perspective of things. But I got to tell you, just from doing this for several years now, it was already difficult for a CX professional in the job market. Um, you know, the kinds of opportunities that are out there for strategic CX leaders um, was already difficult because of the limited amount of jobs available for them. Then this big move in which customers you know, had the opportunity to voice their opinion way more regularly because of, of, of social media and whatnot. So a lot of people were totally, you know, dumping on companies and how awful the experience is. And then we've had some great opportunities to learn what good CX looks like, whether it's Zappos. Uh, obviously, Tony, um, you know, is no longer with us, but with Zappos out there, really having a foundation for customer experience and Amazon, obviously, always focus on customer experience. Um, it was already difficult for CX professionals, but I really believe we're at an unprecedented time. Um, now is the opportunity to really show our value. Um, of course, so many people are hurting, they're out of work and some have had great loss, um, but we're the most empathetic people in any organization, right? So <laughs> if, and if that is true, you know, you really have to position yourself, you have to market yourself as a person who understands other people and be very other centric, right? That outside in kind of concept. Um, and we can offer, you know, help to companies who are trying to create functions or distinguish functions, you know, getting CX out of marketing or getting CX out of, out of certain silos within an organization. We have an opportunity to really create value within an organization, within a company, um, because we're supposed to be the ones that are focused on empathy. So I would say, you know, to position yourself, you should try to have a strategy. You already know what CX, right? So write one out. If you haven't done it before, write one out and think about it in one, three and five year kind of increments and then be able to sell that. Go, go back to these organizations and sell it, especially if you're out of the market and you're trying to get, get back in. We know what to do, right? At the end of the day, or at least we're supposed to know what to do. Um, and if you do have gaps, and we're going to get into this in a little while, if you do have gaps in your experience, now's the time to sort of pad your um, um, what you already know with some increased education, et cetera, and exposure and connecting. And as far as the job market is concerned, um, there is still a need for customer experience for exactly what I just explained, right? There are many roles that don't seem to speak about customer experience in a very strategic or enterprise-wide way, um, but you can help them do that, right? Often you'll see roles that are very tactical and sometimes you get scared, you're like, oh, it's too tactical for me, I've already done that. Um, I would say in this, in this market, you might have to take that opportunity anyway. I, I wouldn't shy away from those um, because the only way that you can truly influence an organization is if you're in the organization, right? That's how you create value. It's got to be in the organization. And by the way, practically speaking, you get paid while doing it. So take that job. Mm. You don't have to be there forever. You can create value. Um, but you do side by making inroads through relationship development, you know, figuring out where the greatest problems are and solving those problems, especially low-hanging fruit. Be the solution to whatever is going on in the company 
first from an empathetic perspective, but two, because you understand the organization and bridging the gap across multiple functions. And last but not least, I would say, be patient. Um, this is a tough time for everybody, um, but you can definitely be proactive, whether you're, you're, you're in a search or going to search um, for yourself or whether you're in an organization, you have to create value for yourself. I hope that, I hope that speaks about the question that you just asked. It does, and I, and I love some, some nuggets that you dropped in there, Chris, about being proactive, um, creating value. I mean, we talk about that as CX professionals all the time. How do we create value? How do we prove the value of CX yeah. uh, in our organizations? And, and I like this approach, Chris, about, uh, you know, it may not be the ideal position, but it's a position that you can add that value. And I think sometimes we as CX professionals are always looking for the perfect position. And, yes. and you've got a great suggestion there, right? To, to, I mean, I, it's reminiscent of when I was breaking into academia and wanting to teach. I had a, a, a mentor tell me, you got to take anything to build your resume. <laughs> yes. and, you know, I don't care if it's what it is, you know, yeah. take, even if it's a, a, a you know, a, a one day guest lecture, take it and put it on your resume and build it. It's, you know, it's not being a professor, but it's certainly helping to build a resume. And that sounds like your advice to CX professionals. Completely agree with that hundred percent. Something is better than nothing. And if you're practicing your craft, you're growing in your craft because every organization is different. Everyone has a different perspective about what CX is, even if they're focused on a specific area of CX at least you get exposure to that. And then you get to share how that company could pivot and change or evolve with your presence in there. But you gotta be in it, right? I, my, my, my kid's soccer team's manager says, in it to win it. Well, that's the only way to, to, to truly influence an organization. You gotta be in the organization to do so. So I would definitely take, take some of those comments of opportunities. Well, that's great advice, Chris. Now, uh, along those lines, um, you know, it seems like from where I sit that everybody is calling their positions customer experience. Now, granted, it's it's something every position at every function in the organization should be involved in, but um, we've just seen so many positions take on the monitor moniker of customer experience. And so if I'm trying to take that CX role in a company or trying to find that next step in my career, how do I know what's true CX and what you know, might be uh, a closely aligned position like sales or marketing or something like that. What are you seeing and what are your thoughts along those lines? Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right here. Um, and of course, this has become all too true um, as far as the bleed over or the bleeding, if you will, of a variety of specific areas of customer experience being uh, uh, um, championed as an overarching enterprise-wide strategy. That, that's, a, that's a really tough scenario. Um, but the, the, as you know, because companies are trying to react to customers having opportunity in social media to voice their opinions, and they rightly should, um, unfortunately, though the company is losing money or losing you know, um, customers to other competitors, um, in the market, they notice that their sales are dropping off. They're scrambling to catch up, let alone keep up. So they basically piecemeal together the opportunities, right? So they create a CX function, but they really have no idea what that entails. 
um, the level of scrutiny and discernment you have to have in order to really have a strategy associated with, with being customer focused. And unfortunately, they will, they will hire someone, call them a CX manager or a CX director, um, and really, it really is a, ga a, a data gathering opportunity, right? It's the voice of customer kind of thing, but they already have that. But they're, they're now touting that role from a marketing perspective that, oh yes, we are, we're customer focused, but the reality is, is it, it's, not really, it's not really true. They're not really into transforming that organization into a customer focused uh, enterprise. Um, so that's where all that movement and all that chaos and all that bleeding over comes through. So what I would suggest, look, is at the end of the day, you know the craft, you know the art, you know the science behind it. Go into every opportunity with questions. Um, that's really the biggest way to truly uncover um, what a company is trying to do. And when you start asking questions, you can tell whether they're being reactive or truly proactive. Um, a lot of the times, custom, uh, organizations are more interested in customer service, which, as you know, is very reactive. It's the tail end of the customer experience where something has gone wrong. You've already bought the product. You've already gotten the service. They're reacting now. It didn't go well, um, and, and now somebody has to do something about it. They're reacting. Or maybe they're, they're focused on customer success, right? A sales team has brought in their, their, their clients, and now they have a group of people who are basically there to deepen the relationship with already existing clients. Those are not overarching CX platforms. Those are pieces of it, which I think we need to go inside an entire customer experience strategy. Um, but at the end of the day, um, companies are doing that. So now you have to flex or you have to say, okay, what do I do in that environment? Um, you really do have to come in and ask questions, be very patient. Again, that empathy piece is very, very critical. And if you know that already, and have the right kinds of questions. So be discerning and ask a lot of questions about the intent of a particular role. If the company talks about how the role is part of something more enterprise-wide, well, now you're cooking with gas, as my mom always said, right? And you'll be, <laughs> if you're gonna be part of that, well, then that's an exciting opportunity, but don't go in there expecting to change the world, change that company, because to be honest with you, you know how this is, customer experience has to be an intrinsic cultural thing that takes a long time to get to. So getting in, as I said before, is better than not at all. So asking those critical questions, finding out exactly where they are in their maturity level and what their real intent is around customer experience will help determine the kinds of things you should be part of. And then consider that particular role that's more in line with what you're looking for over other roles. You don't want to get into a too much of a situation in which you're like, oh my gosh, this is way too tactical for me and you're bored and dissatisfied. So be very careful with that. But as I said before, it's a balancing act between taking a job and getting in an organization, helping them change and evolve by introducing ideas versus choosing opportunities that are much more fitting to your expertise. So I would say ask a lot of questions as that primary takeaway in this particular space. So Chris, that, again, great advice. Question along that line, you know, I haven't done a lot of interviewing recently, but I know oftentimes, I, and I've done myself interviewed candidates, I'll leave the last five minutes or so and say, do you have any questions? Yeah, right? yeah. You're really saying, hey, you got to dig deep on some of these positions and ask a lot of questions as you go through the process. Did I, did I capture that correctly? You sure did. I think that's the best way to engage in a conversation, sure. Great. Um, you know, I, I, I was chuckling to myself the other day, I was uh, doing some 
um, just trying to find what kind of different CX positions are out there. And I did a LinkedIn search and I think I got 7,000 CX positions or something <laughs> like that. And so uh, that's, so what we're talking about, everything's coming up CX, right? Uh, I, I can see why. Now, Chris, you uh, sponsored uh, an effort by the CXPA.org, Customer Experience Professionals Association, around job descriptions uh, give me your thoughts on on that and and why you assisted the CXPA in, in completing that process. Yeah, thanks. I really appreciate you highlighting that. Um, that was a, a project that I was really proud of to be, be part of, I should say. Um, and my contributions to it were, you know, some. It was editing and some, and, and some rewriting and a couple of things, which I really enjoyed. Um, one of the reasons why I did it was because it was the first time that I'd actually seen some very specific descriptors around what each of the levels of CX professionals that were out there. Um, and I think it brought great attention to what the scientific art of CX is. Um, and and, and in, in other areas of expertise, everyone knows exactly what a CFO does, what the finance department does, or everyone knows for the most part, what HR does. There might be some discrepancies in certain organizations about what HR does, but that's okay. There's a lot more specific areas of expertise that you get to learn. This was an opportunity in which, you know, from a job description perspective, it was letting people know, and we're talking about hiring authorities, we're talking about uh, CHROs and VPs of HR out there who do the hiring to um, understand that the CX world are serious. <laughs> That's really the bottom line, that they're actually serious professionals. This is not pie in the sky kind of, you know, dreamy land, fantasy world kind of work. This is some, some serious work in which you're trying to quantify feelings, for lack of better words, right? And when you talk about quantifying feelings, someone comes into your shop or comes, you know, gets online, it's good, they're going to have a particular feeling that they will either make a decision for that product or service or not based on how they're feeling. And then later on, you find out how they're feeling because they'll tell you very quickly on social media how <laughs> awful it was, right? So it's this strange little weird space that HR and finance can't really cover off. Some of those other functions seem to be incredibly factual. Either you made the money or you didn't in finance, right? But in CX, a person makes a decision because of how they feel in, in, internally, and they won't tell you. And sometimes even if they try to tell you, it's hard to articulate. So a CX professional, you know, to have the job descriptions be so specific around key areas that are, uh, uh, tra I'm not going to say transferable, not yet at least, but they are synonymous, if you will, with some of these other functions, gave it, uh, gave the function a realness that I that I appreciated. So I wanted to be involved with it because I wanted to make sure that it, it got exposed as much as possible that CX was a true serious function that had something to say and something to contribute within an organization. So that was my that was my take on that. Well we certainly appreciate that. And for our listeners, if you're wondering what we're talking about, you can access the job descriptions brochure on CXBA.org. Um, and uh, take a look at the fine work uh, that was done by uh, member professionals and, and sponsored with Chris's help and input, which has been fantastic. 
so, so Chris, you, you talked a lot about do's, what, what CX professionals should do. Is there anything we shouldn't do when it comes to our careers or our, our, our job searches if we're in that, uh, that stage of our career? Yeah, from a don'ts perspective versus a do perspective, I would say don't be an ostrich who puts their head in the sand and shies away. When there's that much opportunity um, to contribute and add value to an organization, you've got to raise your hand. So don't shy away, but rather be proactive and get involved. Um, you know, I, I said ask questions before. I really mean that, but I would definitely say, ask yourself why you're in it, right? Why do you do this profession? Why do you get up every morning um, to go back out and sort of try to slay that dragon that seems to be insurmountable? I would say, ask yourself and challenge yourself to, um, you know, to figure out whether your passion is ebbing or flowing at any given time and why, right? But don't shy away, don't hide, be proactive, probably the, the, the most, I, the, it's probably the biggest advice I can possibly give you. Um, I would also say, you know, don't be an island network, connect with as many people as you possibly can, get with key leaders in other industries, get with, you know, your LinkedIn friends that are on six, join organizations that, that support you. Don't be an island separate from everyone else because you'll go crazy, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, those are the things that are coming off the top of my head as far as don'ts are concerned. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> all, all good don'ts from my perspective. And, and you couple it with some great do's. So, I mean, what can, <laughs> listeners can't go wrong with this advice that you're providing. Uh, Chris, in our remaining moments, I always like to give the opportunity for our guests to, to share any thoughts that they have on anything we haven't covered or or tidbits of information that, that you think listeners would appreciate beyond what you've already given, which has been fantastic. And then last but not least, if listeners wanted to contact you directly or your firm, how do they do that? So this is kind of an open forum for my guests to, to share what we might not have covered through our questions. Yeah, the, the only thing I would suggest, and thank you so much again, Bob, for the opportunity. I really, really appreciate it. I think one of the things I sort of touched upon a little while ago is further your education. Um, at the end of the day, um, you can't have enough information. You can't have enough knowledge. In my, in my humble estimation, knowledge is power. And the more you have, the more suited you are. So on one hand, if it is a little bit too expensive to either get a degree or go back to a full-time school, you know, whether to get your MBA or whatever the case may be, although I recommend that a lot, um, you might want to get some certifications. Um, at the end of the day, there are great organizations out there, but obviously, the, the CXPA offers a certification. It's called the CCXP. I highly recommend looking into that um, and figuring out where your gaps are and fill those gaps in because there's six major criteria which you can be successful. And if you're past that and you have that accreditation, it's pretty well respected. And we're trying to increase the, 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 the respect that it gets. It should be well received in organizations to delineate you from other CX professionals. So I would get after education. Um, um, from an, a reputable institutional organization. Um, and the last thing I would say, and, and Bob, thank you for opening the doors. And look, I'm one of the only, if if not the only CX focused recruiter, you can contact me at any time at chris at bluerocksearch.com. Um, that's the best and fastest way to, to engage me and, and, and learn about what I can offer you and connect because I have a window from a networking perspective and opportunities with Fortune 500 companies 
um, a lot of CX leaders, um, you know, you know, take my call, which I'm really happy about. I may not always get the job that they're, they, they want or anything like that, but because I'm so connected um, in that regard, I, I have a very large network of individuals. So, you know, come, come to me, ask me for some advice about your resume, specifically about career advice, whatever, um, and we can chat about those things more specifically. Uh, so those are the two things I would say, hey, thank you for the opportunity to highlight uh, those specific things, so. I appreciate it, Chris, and appreciate your open, honest, and transparent approach. I think our listeners and CX professionals really appreciate um, your approach to career development. I love the concept of continuous learning. Uh, and as you said, in addition uh, to certifications out there, the CXPA has the CCXP, and we're seeing more and more uh, universities and community colleges coming up with uh, certifications, mini MBAs and other areas around customer experience. So it's a great way to end a, a fantastic podcast is to encourage continuous learning. So to my listeners, you've been listening to another episode of All Things Considered CX with my guest today, Chris Rios, from uh, a great uh, perspective of developing CX professionals and uh, what the world looks like as we come into 2021 and we look for a better year than 2020. Thank you listeners and be sure and share this podcast with others as well as stay tuned for more podcasts coming to you from All Things Considered CX. Thanks for listening to this episode of All Things Considered CX. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your colleagues. Subscribe to our show, follow me on LinkedIn, and visit my website at InnovativeCX.com for more insights on creating better experiences. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, and visit CXofM.org for more resources.